sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live on this Thursday right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159 all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Football, football, and more football. You can expect that in hour number two on the debut day of the NFL regular season in 2022 in Los Angeles tonight between the Rams and the Bills, the Super Bowl champs and the preseason Super Bowl favorites. We will have perspectives and previews from both angles. Jake Ellenbogen, who covers the Rams with the best of them, joins us later on in hour two. And Dan Fates, who is all about circling the wagons, will preview Buffalo's game tonight and their edge heading into this one as the two-and-a-half-point favorites. And if Buffalo will live up to that hype, as the Super Bowl favorites, the AFC favorites, the AFC East odds on favorites, and Josh Allen, the NFL MVP frontrunner and favorite as well. But to start off our number two, we'll talk a few other sports as well, like Major League Baseball, because it's the final month of the regular season and the divisional races around the league are heating up as October is very much in sight. Two double headers yesterday for both of the New York baseball teams. The Mets on the road in Pittsburgh, bouncing back. The Mets entered yesterday on a three-game losing skin. They had lost their solo lead in the National League East, which was 10 and a half games on June 1st. And then Max Scherzer gets placed on the IL as well. But Jacob DeGrom steps up. Chris Bassett steps up. And the Amazing sweep the doubleheader yesterday in Pittsburgh, ending that three-game skid. They won that second game, as you saw, 10 nothing because although Scherzer now on the injured list, Jacob DeGrom is very much here. Seven innings of shutout work yesterday in the second game of that doubleheader. No earned runs, of course, on only three hits while striking out eight Pirates. The Buccos now the second highest K rate against right-handed pitching in the last two weeks in Major League Baseball. In fact, the Mets outscored Pittsburgh yesterday 15 to 1 combined in those two total games of the doubleheader. And the 10 runs they scored in the finale in that second game last night, all 10 runs came without a single home run. In today's day and age, that is remarkable. 17 hits for the Mets yesterday in that second game of the doubleheader, leading to the 10 runs across. But the Braves continue to play good baseball the Braves have now won seven straight games and 22 of their last 26 as Atlanta hammers Oakland on the road the Braves winning seven to three against the A's so the lead for the Mets is just a half game now in that National League East but still booked as a pretty substantial odds on favorite at minus 180 in fact we saw so much movement on that particular favorite number for the Mets yesterday minus 185 in the early morning hours it came down all the way to minus 155 after the news about Max Scherzer being placed on the IL but now back up to minus 180 pay attention though to that Braves number the second best of course in the National League East at plus 145 the New York Yankees also in a double header yesterday against the Minnesota Twins and the Yankees have extended their win streak now to four straight games they win the second game of that double header behind Garrett Cole seven to one 
six and two-thirds for Garrett Cole and the Yankees yesterday against the Minnesota Twins, only allowing one earned run in striking out 14. Yes, 14 strikeouts for Garrett Cole yesterday in that 7-1 to victory for the pinstripes. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after live on this Thursday. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Yankees won their doubleheader yesterday, sweeping both games. The Mets do the exact same. A good day for New York baseball. And in that second game, Garrett Cole offers up 14 strikeouts against Minnesota. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hits a grand slam in the fourth inning. Aaron Judge hits a home run in the Yankees' first game in their victory of the day that they won 5-4 in 12. That was a four-straight streak of home runs in four straight games for Aaron Judge. So the Yankees have won four straight now. Tampa, though, still on a winning streak of its own. So only a five-game lead remaining for the Yankees in that American League East. But as we look at the AL pennant odds, the Yanks only 60 cents behind the Astros. That clear distinction still between one and two from the rest of the field. The Astros, the favorites, at plus 160. The Astros, five games up on New York for that best record in the American League. And the Astros winning yesterday as well in extras at home against the Texas Rangers. A walk-off wild pitch winner as Jose Altuve crosses the plate for the Astros' 4-3 to victory. But it was the Rangers who started off the game with a 3-0 lead before Houston responds. Kyle Tucker, a two-run blast in the home half of the sixth, evens the game at three. And then, again, Altuve scoring on a wild pitch. That was how Houston walked it off yesterday. The Astros have the second-best record in Major League Baseball, only behind the Dodgers. The Astros have won seven of their last nine games. However, a moment to highlight the Texas Rangers here, a team well below 500 that had a little bit of optimism entering this season with Marcus Simeon now there, Kyle Se- or Corey Seager now there as well. The Rangers just haven't lived up to that straight up, but as an underdog on the run line, the Rangers have been sensational. They've been booked as an underdog in 87 of their 136 games this year, and Texas is 58-29 and 29 covering that run line as they did as the away underdogs yesterday catching a run and a half and of course Houston wins four to three but the Rangers cover on the run line our sports professor Rick Horro joins us next for who knows what honestly come back and join us here on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back to the morning after live right here on sports grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Our sports professor Rick Horro joins the show right now. A man that has probably already played at least one game of tennis this morning or might be playing tennis as soon as we finish up here on the morning after. And Rick, we're going to start with the U.S. Open. But first, thanks for joining us once again. You ended out your summer on a long road trip. It's good to see you back in Florida. A long road trip, packed small. I'm not going to tell you how many pieces of clothing I had for 17 days. You're not. It's way, way beyond. You're not going to want to hear it. But the ending the road trip at the U.S. Open is is always great. You know, Serena Williams, a neighbor down the street. What an incredible first week. 
And then the second week with Tiafo. Tiafo oh. is as good as it gets. And I'm waiting for Kyrios to get into the locker room just for the heck of it this week, today and just smash a few more rackets after he thinks about it. That would be kind of interesting. I mean, I know that you packed light for your 17-day trip. You wear the same blazer every time we see you on the Sports Biz Minute. I mean, it's and a great blazer, shirt. don't get me wrong, but yeah, we just change the shirt All underneath. Right. All right, listen, Rick, yeah. you're a simple man, and I appreciate that. You got to keep your travel light, especially when you're going to be all around the place. You were at the U.S. Open to take in some of the action last night and yesterday on the men's side was sensational. A five-set thriller between Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner that went until like 2.30 a.m. Eastern time. I was long asleep. Francis Tiafo advances to the semifinals, the first American man in the semis of the U.S. Open since 2006. One of the best stories you will find in all of sports. Alcaraz is the odds-on favorite at minus 120, but with that feeder last night, Rick, and with Tiafo specifically for the U.S. crowd, what will this do for the weekend at the U.S. Open? Did you just call me a simpleton? Oh, no, a simple man. Enjoying the pleasures of life. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Weekend will be great, but even more important than that, honestly, is that we've got a new superstar in the making already made and Tiafo, what a great story of his from Sierra Leone. And then his father basically was a custodian. I mean, we, we all know the story, but we're all going to know the story very soon. And the other issue, by the way, is, as we, we should realize ESPN uh, did a deal with the USTA in 2013 for $770 million an 11 year contract. And that's just at the back end. So this couldn't come at a better time for both ESPN and the USTA, the money that's generated for this deal, by the way, goes to the plan for growth and the development program. And more dollars that come in from the TV deal, the better the leverage, the more Francis Tiafos down the road. And on the opening weekend of the National Football League, when it was the first time in nearly two decades that on the men's side, the big three of Rafa, Djokovic, and Federer, and add in Serena Williams on the other side, that none of those players had reached the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open or a Grand Slam event. It was big to have some of those storylines entering this weekend. Let's go around the world of sports, though, Rick. You are a lawyer, an esquire, as they might say. We got some big news in Major League and Minor League Baseball this week. A majority of minor leaguers have backed the MLPA, MLBPA, to join the union. And the Players Association has now formally asked Major League Baseball for voluntary recognition. A lot of these legal terms, Rick, what exactly does this move mean for minor league baseball? Well, what it means is that they uh, continue to increase their uh, grip, and not in a negative way, over the business. Before, minor league baseball was independently owned, independently run, and the players were provided by Major League Baseball with the salaries and affiliated with the teams. You know, teams would sign the players and send it to minor league teams. Now it is a complete re-overhaul. And one of the things that needed to be done was to figure out where the players stood. A lot of people said that this was too big for the union. The union wanted to deal with major leaguers, not minor leaguers. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. This voluntary recognition is a big deal. It will happen. And Major League Baseball will continue then on the road to have more of an integrated system, which they started a couple of years ago.
So, Rick, today is the first day of the National Football League regular season. Last weekend was the first full weekend slate of college football in week number one. And on Friday afternoon, as we were all gearing up for that first full Saturday slate, big news about the future of CFB, specifically the CFP. College football playoff expansion has been unanimously voted and agreed upon. A 12-team format that will start at its latest 2026 but maybe as early as 2024 rick in your expert opinion when will we see this new 12 team format take its place for the college football playoff my friend as usual you're one of the few uh pundits uh wags uh commentators who flagged that as the most important issue because that's the one that really has some issue of of uncertainty and where it's going to go the president's punted by saying, we want to do this. Now, the hard details are worked out by the athletic directors. You guys figure it out. And most of the contracts expire in 2026. That's why they said, that's our deadline. But since they're going to generate $2 billion, $3 billion from this playoff system, a lot more money the sooner they get it done. It's going to be complicated. you got to spread some to the existing folks, let them give up some rights, integrate it into future rights. Prediction, it happens in 2025, maybe 2024. It Sorry could to call be you wag. That money. Wag, no, wag, I mean, I don't wag. even know what a wag is, but I, I You'll think see. I'm it's, okay it's not with a bad, it. It's not a bad it's thing. It's good. It's all right. Okay. All right. Cool. As a yeah. pundit who knows college football, though, the reason this <laughs> right. move is being made, as was reported by ESPN's Pete Thamel, and as anybody with a pulse could tell you, it's about TV money. As we have seen, league expansion and conference realignment, it's all about those TV rights revenue. The current deal the CFP has with ESPN runs through the end of the 2025 college football playoff. It pays them about annually anywhere from $385 million, somewhere in that ballpark. They expect that this deal can be up to $2 billion in total. I right. said annually, I mean in total. I'm just trying total. to add on right. to being a WAG pundit, whatever Rick Hora would <laughs> like to call me. So let's right. continue here, focusing on football and the National Football League. The regular season debut tonight, Rick, in Los Angeles between the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams and the preseason Super Bowl favorites in the Buffalo Bills. Sports wagering continues to become legal and legal and legal all across the country. For this NFL season, Rick, what are we looking at in terms of a betting handle across the entire country? Well, uh, we're, we're talking about billions, obviously, but we're also talking about states that are now putting their entire deadline politically to the beginning of the starting of the start of the football season. Governor of Kansas, uh, ironically, what a political risk for her, right? She placed the first bet in Kansas. Guess who? Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, oh. everybody's focused on what these individual states are doing. Ohio, going to lose out on some gambling money. We'll see how that all works by starting in 2023. It is going to be tremendous and even more. We're going to be in the 40s of the states come next year. 40s of the states by the time we get to the 2023 regular season right. in the National Football League. What a time that will be, maybe even in my home state of California, where the Rams open up the season tonight. All right, Rick, I'm going to let you close out this segment. Only a minute left. Tell the people what your best bet is for this National Football League season or maybe the regular season debut this evening. All right, well, I'm doing this purely objectively because I have no skin in the game. The Dolphins, uh, first, they win their first game, uh, give the points. 27-21. Oh, wait, you didn't ask me. I don't really, I'm not a, not a pundit or a wag, 
But I will tell you, the bottom line is there will be five or six new playoff teams that were not in last year, and it's going to come down to the end of the season, and they're going to set all viewership records. Last year it was 17.1 million average. This year it's going to be over 22 or 23 million. Super Bowl is going to be over 240 million people watching it. It's going to be in the Arizona uh, State Farm Stadium. The Cardinals will not be in it. Kyler Murray will be there to watch. He won't be there to play. And we will have a bang-up season as usual. And you, my friend, will lead all pundits and all wags because you are better than most, if not all. People will hear you back at the end of this break. Don't go away. Well done, Rick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I will just say, I looked a little perplexed when Rick Horos said five or six new playoff teams in the NFL this year, but he actually might be onto something as we just did the accounting. And when I say we, it's Jake Ellenbogen back here on the morning after on SportsGrid on the debut day of the 2022 National Football League regular season. The team that Jake follows most closely, the Los Angeles Rams, as well as his coverage of the New York Jets. But for the Rams at Downtown Rams as well, and all across his YouTube channel, we will preview that 2022 season opener tonight in L.A. against Buffalo. But, Jake, we were doing some of the math. Rick Horrell might be onto something. The Broncos, the Chargers, potentially in the NFC, the Saints, the Vikings, throwing a couple others. Rick Horrell might have been our lead NFL analyst as we get ready for this new season. Yeah, honestly, Ben, I agree. I mean, we were going through it, you know, in the break, and I'm like, you know, it sounded crazy at first, but it makes a yeah. lot of sense. I mean, there's there's so much turnover, and this is – you know, the, like one of the most unpredictable, I mean, if you just have anything, right? Uh, the NFL is one of the most unpredictable things out there. Uh, it's so hard to predict. I mean, just think about the year Tom Bray tears his ACL, you know, with Bernard uh, Bernard Pollard, you know? It's like everyone probably thought the Patriots were winning the Super Bowl. You just never know. Uh, so, you know, you and I and, and people, you know, that, you know, analyze the game, try to do their best to uh, give you, you know, paint the biggest picture, the best picture, but... I mean, let's be honest here. We don't know anything. Uh, you know, hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty, And it all starts tonight in 2022. Inside SoFi Stadium, where last season came to an end. The Rams would not be a new playoff team, nor would the Buffalo Bills. Of course, it's the reigning Super Bowl champs in L.A. hosting the preseason Super Bowl favorites in the Bills. And, Jake, tonight they're going to hang the banner. There will be a lot of ceremony around that Super Bowl championship last year for Sean McVay and Los Angeles. Yet the Rams are booked as a a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. Are you surprised by that line entering this season opener tonight? You know, I actually just kind of went on a little, like, tweet barrage. I think it's just, like, I, I got the blood flowing. I'm on here. Love being on here, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm very surprised. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm very surprised, uh, but, you know, here's the thing. I think we're overvaluing the, overvaluing the Bills, and I think, you know, you obviously can kind of see that we're somewhat overvaluing them. I mean, the idea of the Rams being underdogs at home, it's not like they lost Stafford in the offseason or Cooper Cup or anybody like that. 
Uh, their losses are losses. I mean, they lo they lost, you know, Von Miller. That's a loss. But I think people forget how good Justin Hollins was playing before he got hurt. They go out and they get Von Miller. And obviously, I think that was more of, you know, a, I don't want to say luxury because I don't think they won the Super Bowl without him. But he did. He was somewhat of a luxury. And then on top of it, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day, they replaced him with Greg Gaines. So just these losses that people bring up, I don't think they're supreme losses. I do think Odell will be back. He just won't be back in this game and not for a while. Uh, but, you know, Allen Robinson, I mean, you know, I've been on here and I've said it. Yep. I think Allen Robinson's in for a huge year. I think he'll lead the league in receiving. Uh, that's my favorite prop, you know, I, our future as a whole. Um, just because I think the odds were like te uh, plus 10,000 or something like that. Just ridiculous. Cooper Cup is going to command double teams. Van Jefferson's out. I'm not really concerned about that because they got two, two Atwell and Ben Skoranek guys. That they sat out of preseason because they were that comfortable with them having, you know, key, uh, you know, a, a key point in this, uh, this season. So you look at yeah. that, you look at Higby, you look at Bryson Hopkins, his emergence in the Super Bowl. They're very, uh, happy about him. It's why they only kept two tight ends on the roster. You have maybe the best running back room in recent memory to have Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Kyron Williams is great. Uh, Stafford's in year two of the offense. The offensive line, really the only issue is that they have some injury history there, but they stay healthy. It's a really good unit. And then, you know, the secondary's loaded. They went back. They got Troy Hill back. They got Bobby Wagner. I just think the Bills, you know, everyone talks about you know, it's recent memory, right? You know, like, okay, you know, there's recency bias going on. The Bills were really exciting in the postseason. They lost, and they actually lost all six of their one-possession games. So I look at the Rams, who were 7-2 and two in those one-possession games, and I think they're more fit uh, to win this game, and I think they're more fit to be favored, especially at home, and especially on, you know, this night of all nights. So let's break down the key components for L.A. in terms of victory tonight and potentially the rest of the way in 2022. Of course, last year, the first year for Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles. And we saw immediate returns, Jake, in terms of that connection between Stafford and Cooper Cup. Triple crown Cahooper, as we call him here, leading the league last year in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Do you think that connection can be as prolific in 2022? It's not going to be on that level, Ben. I, I think, you know, anytime you're, <laughs> you have a triple crown on that level, uh, I mean, what he did is it just tremendous, right? Um, it, it's just not something that we're going to see very often. You know, it's honestly kind of like the season in baseball that Aaron Judge is having. You just, when you have those seasons, you just got to take it all in and, and respect it and love it and appreciate it. Uh, but you have to also recognize it's not going to happen every year. Um, and, and Cooper Cup, you know, Sean McVay has gone on record saying he's going to be a better receiver this year, and the stats might not show it uh, because he has been, you know, nonstop at work since the offseason. Um, I have no doubt that Cooper Cup is going to keep himself in you know, not only great condition, but on top of it, I think he's going to be even better this year. I just don't think the stats will show it because you go out and you get Allen Robinson – uh, I can tell you right now, his stats are going to be a lot better than last year because he had like 412 receiving yards. Uh, but no, I think Cooper Cup is going to, you know, face a lot of double teams. There's going to be an adjustment kind of, you know, relaying it over to Aaron Judge, how you had what he walked four times last night in a doubleheader, uh, intentionally walked. You know, you're going to have that essentially. The equivalent to that is just basically doubling and tripling Cooper Cup and basically saying, you know what, you're not going to see the ball. Uh, so, you know, I do think because of that, it's going to open up huge opportunities for guys like, you know, Kyron Williams, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson on the backfield, uh, guys, you know, at the tight end room that I already mentioned, and of course, Allen Robinson. And I'll say this right now, Ben. Ben Skoranek 
is somebody to look out for. He's probably going to be the number three receiver. I'm very high on Tutu Atwell, but people need to understand that Skoranek's built in the 220s, and he's six foot three. So when you look at this guy, he is built to withstand, you know, blocking. And that's the thing. When you look at, you know, Tutu Atwell, and he's a friend of my show, so I'm not knocking on him, but he's my size. He's not going to be blocking guys uh, on the level of Skoranek. So he's going to play the majority of the third receiver with Van out. Um, 2-2 is more of the deep threat, but I think Skoranek is looking for redemption, and I know a lot of Rams fans have already counted him out because of his bad postseason, but this is a guy that mm. was a seventh-rounder that wasn't really utilized as much in Northwestern or Notre Dame, and then comes to the Rams, and he's thrown into the fire like, hey, in the Super Bowl, you have to be our number three receiver. I don't know. I think we're a little low on him. I was going to mention Ben Skoranek, a Northwestern and Notre Dame, but a Northwestern great. Quickly here, Jake, as we talk about that connection between Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford or any receiver in Matthew Stafford, the talk of this training camp leading into tonight's regular season opener for the Rams has been about Matthew Stafford's right elbow. How concerned are you for Stafford and his health entering 2022? I got to tell you, Ben, I said last time I'm really not concerned. Uh, this is a guy that's playing through all sorts of injuries. Um, you know, I think it was Diana Rossini last year. Uh, she comes out and, and tweets out um, that, you know, Matthew Stafford is playing with like all sorts of back pain and elbow pain and, you know, wrist pain and, and shoulder. Like this guy is just a brute. He plays through the injuries. Uh, I mean, the elbow, it's a little unorthodox because of how he throws the ball. I mean, he's such a sidearm passer that I think, you know, that's why he's getting, you know, a baseball surgery, so to speak, baseball pitcher surgery. But I'm not worried about it because, you know, again, I'm watching Stafford throwing in, in camp and watching all these highlights. And I'm just like, I'm not seeing. And on top of that, Ben, if, if it was really a concern and the Rams definitely felt that way, it wouldn't matter what they would think, you know, what the media would think or anybody would think. They would just hold him out. You know what I mean? And the fact that he was there every day, I think he missed one day or two days or something like that. He was there every day. So I, I, until, you know, they start holding him out of practice, until he shows up on the injury report, I, I'm not going to be worried. So, Jake, you mentioned some of the wide receivers outside of Cooper Cup. As we look at the anytime touchdown props for Los Angeles tonight, who in your mind will need to be an X factor for the Rams to get a W? Well, I think 2-2 Atwell is going to have to be an X factor, and I actually see him scoring a touchdown. I think if you're looking at anytime uh, touchdowns, Allen Robinson, I think, is almost a shoe-in for two touchdowns. I just, I really feel like he's going to have a big night tonight because they're going to try to take, uh, you know, Cooper Cup away. Then you have 2-2 Atwell over the top. His speed can change how, like, everything about this game. You don't have Tredavious White. You're starting Dane Jackson. You're starting a rookie corner, and you have Teron Johnson, who I do love. While their safeties are very good, they are susceptible to getting beat over the top with that speed, and we saw it in the joint practices with the Bengals. He lived over the top of that defense, getting behind the defense, Tutu Atwell did. So it makes even more. It adds another wrinkle in the offense. Now you have to worry about that speed. You can't just double-team you know, Allen Robinson because it leaves Cup open. You can't just double-team Cup because it leaves Allen Robinson open. That's what they'll probably do. But then if Atwell starts being a problem, you know, now you have to make adjustments. And, you know, I think all that being said, I definitely think Atwell, Robinson, and I'll say Dawson Knox on the other side of him, 
those are the bets you want to make as far as any time touchdown score. I think they're they're very solid there. Look out for Daryl Henderson to lead the way in the running back room. I think people are really high on Acres. I'm higher on Henderson, and I think Kyron not playing at all in preseason was very telling about his role this year. Another one I'll throw out there, Ben, number 19, Brandon Powell. He is a stud returner. They got a midseason last year. Sean McVay likes him on the offense. Keep an eye out for him. They might use him in jet sweeps and maybe even throw him in the backfield. But this guy can play, and uh, he was clamoring for an opportunity last year or, you know, in the Super Bowl on the sideline. I don't know if you saw that mic'd up. Jake Ellenbogen, great to be breaking down games with you once again. The Rams begin their title defense tonight. Thanks for joining the morning after more TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Atlanta Braves have won seven straight baseball. Oh, wait, no, we're not talking about the Braves here. We're talking about the season opener tonight in the National Football League between the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Rams. I mention Atlanta, though, because our next guest, Dan Fates from Buffalo Plus and WHAM in Rochester as well, is a huge Braves fan. So I wanted to welcome him onto the show, highlighting one of his teams doing very well and the other team that he covers exclusively each and every day, the preseason Super Bowl favorites. Dan, thank you so much for joining us here on the day of the season opener in the NFL featuring the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Ben, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate the Braves winners of seven straight. They were once, I don't know if you knew this, they were once ten and a half games back of the Mets. They were, indeed. That, uh, yeah. It's only half game now, but Mets fans tell me they're not panicking, so, all right. Only a half game lead in the National League East at the moment, despite a doubleheader sweep yesterday in Pittsburgh because Atlanta has won seven straight and 22 of their last 27. All right, enough baseball talk. It is on to football. Dan Fates, tonight in Los Angeles, the preseason Super Bowl favorites, the Buffalo Bills, are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against the reigning Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. All of the markets have been in love with Buffalo all offseason long, yeah. as we have discussed previously here on the show. But for this specific season opener tonight, as you break down this game, what is a key matchup for Buffalo to start off this season 1-0? Well, I think it's can their offense pick up where it left off. Obviously, we talk about, you know, recency biasy and and what you saw in Kansas City is this Josh Allen culmination of him ascending to a superstar caliber quarterback. The problem is, is that Brian Dable is no longer there anymore. And while some people in Buffalo may be happy about that, I trust Brian Dable and have more respect for him than certain members of my family. So I think there are big shoes for Ken Dorsey to fill. I can see there being some early pains, some early struggles, first time calling plays, big atmosphere. Uh, Josh Allen says he expects it to be a playoff-like feeling. He says he's talked to some other players, Micah Hyde, Von Miller, who have also played in that NFL kickoff game. So Josh, though, has risen. As the lights have gotten brighter, Josh has played bigger. Whether it was back in 2019 on Thanksgiving in Dallas, what we saw last year, Sunday nights, Monday nights, Josh Allen has really stepped up when the lights have shined brightest. So it'll be that kind of the stars on the Rams and the stars in the stands taking on 
what we think is, you know, the next star quarterback in Josh Allen for the Bills. And that's what we remember. Josh Allen ascending to that level. Offensive firepower on both sides in that AFC divisional round game in Arrowhead in the middle of January. One of the best football games these two eyes has ever seen. But Dan, what we might forget about Buffalo is they were the best scoring defense in the NFL last season. They were the best total defense statistically in the NFL last season. Their team total tonight is one point higher than that of Los Angeles at 26 and a half. LA's is at 25 and a half and the Rams aren't too shabby defensively as well. Although Von Miller is now a Buffalo Bill. Aaron Donald is still there. They add Bobby Wagner to the linebacking core. And Jalen Ramsey still very much in that Los Angeles secondary. So instead of the offense, I ask you which defense you expect to step up in the biggest way tonight. Uh, ben, can I say both? Because I'll give you a spoiler is I like the under tonight. And if you would have told Ooh. me that two and a half months ago, I probably would have thrown up. You know, just seeing the way that this over was, as soon as you saw this game being the weekend, the the kickoff of the NFL season, I think everybody was salivating at what these offenses can be. But it's week one. And I think that's something that we're forgetting in all of the excitement of today that Micah Hyde even said, we don't want to be playing our best football on September 8th on any side of the ball. So there will be some growing pains, as I said, and you mentioned it. These are two really good defenses. And Leslie Frazier doesn't get enough credit for what he has done with this Bills defense. I don't think they will be overwhelmed by any any stretch of the imagination. I think they'll get more pressure up front. The Bills will with Von Miller and some of the additions inside. Ed Oliver's poised to have a big year. Jordan Phillips returns. They got more beef in that front seven, which I think will help them. It's a matter of... How will they match up against the passing attack without Trey White? I think very highly of Dane Jackson. He's a third-year player, seventh-round pick out of Pitt. He filled in last year and played in all those big games after Trey White went down on Thanksgiving. Played well. But then you have two rookies in Kyer Elam and Christian Benford. This is – Leslie Frazier talked about how while they played well in the preseason, Ben – Once you get to the regular season, there's a bullseye on your back that you're a rookie corner and that they will go after you. And Matt Stafford and Sean McVay will absolutely do that. And talk about the emotions of this game. It's tough enough to be a rookie starting in your first game. Imagine going up against the Super Bowl champs in L.A. against an offensive guru as well as a future Hall of Fame quarterback. So that is where my my slight concern is on the Bills defense is on the back end. But I really like what they can do up front stopping McVay's running game. And oh, yeah, it's Cooper Cup on the other side. He led the league in receptions, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns last year. They added Allen Robinson. So, yes, there is firepower for Los Angeles as well. We mentioned it, though. Josh Allen, that preseason NFL MVP favorite. His props for tonight, 274 in a hook through the air, 37 and a half on the ground. And to find pay dirt is plus 155. Josh Allen, as we know, Dan, can utilize his legs at times. But early in this season, how much do you think Ken Dorsey calls Josh Allen to use that part of his game to try to get out and rush and use that ground game to his benefit? Yeah, that's a great point, Ben. And I said, I thought last year Josh Allen would lead the Bills in rushing yards. And if it wasn't for Devin Singletary getting hot in December, he would have. And while they constantly want to protect their quarter of a billion dollar quarterback, 
Ken Dorsey can't do much after he calls the plays. And Josh Allen is as competitive as anybody. And in big games, like I have mentioned, Josh has told me he likes to get hit sometimes. It, it settles him down. It calms his nerves. There are some times where he's gotten laid out and he pops right back up because he's 6'5", 260, and he's a linebacker. So I like the over on the rushing yards as well as the over on the rushing attempts, Ben. Right now, mm -hmm. I saw it on uh, DraftKings, six and a half rushes. I also think because I don't know if we haven't, I mean, how long have we been in this segment and we haven't talked about Aaron Donald? Um, yeah. It doesn't matter how much time you have to prepare. Aaron Donald will ruin game plans. And I think Josh will use his feet to run away from number 99. So even if they're not designed runs, I can see eight scrambles from Josh Allen to pick up first downs, to pick up yards, yeah. to, to escape danger. So while I think Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott would love to make him this Tom Brady passing quarterback and just sit back there and not take any hits, that's just not who Josh Allen is. That's not what makes Josh Allen Josh Allen. And I just see him running in big moments, in big games to do this. We saw him hurdle people in Kansas City. We have seen him hurdle people in Minnesota. This guy is fearless, and I can see him taking off tonight. Well over 37 and a half rushing yards for Josh Allen in the final five games for the Bills last year, including the postseason, hitting at least 60 yards in all five of those games, but also over in three of the first five for the Bills to start last season in 11 of the 17 in the regular season as well. Dan Fates, you just fired me up because that will be, spoiler alert, my best bet for the NFL season opener tonight. And the last time that we saw Josh Allen in Buffalo, it was offensive fireworks, as we have mentioned. In the main target for Josh that night in Kansas City, one Gabe Davis, over 200 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns, 60 and a half is Davis's receiving yards prop tonight. What can we expect out of Gabe Davis in 2022, Dan? Yeah, Ben, there's a ton of hype around Gabe Davis in Buffalo, expecting him to ascend to that top 25 wide receiver. I think that's where the Bills see him. And he really needs to emerge because while Gabe Davis, we all remember that game in Kansas City, historic game in Kansas City. He only caught yeah. 35 passes last year. Like this isn't a guy that was necessarily called on a lot. And it is different, Ben, I'll make a baseball analogy, going from a pinch hitter coming up in a couple spots to now batting fourth in a lineup and having teams prepare for you. With that said, if you were to look at training camp and you didn't know anything about football, Ben, or anything about the names on the back of the jerseys, number 13 would be the best wide receiver that you would have seen at training camp in Buffalo. That is how impressive he has looked. It wasn't Stephon Diggs. It was Gabriel Davis just looking like a elite wide receiver. So there are two bets I like. I, I think Stephon Diggs can kind of get not shut down, but I think with Jalen Ramsey kind of shadowing him, I think that I like a lot of the unders on Stefan Diggs. I think his receptions also is like six and a half, kind of like the yeah. under there. As for Gabe Davis, I like the over on his receiving yards. Also on DraftKings, it was three and a half for his catches. I like the over on that as well. I think he becomes that safety blanket and target where they can kind of go away from Jalen Ramsey. And I think Allen wants to show and get Davis in this offense and comfortable early with his new role. 
those secondary targets that we showed you, Allen Robinson for LA and Gabe Davis mm -hmm. for Buffalo, their numbers tonight are fascinating because they're both expected to do so much more than they did last year in the 2021 regular season. Gabe Davis only won over 60 and a half twice in the regular season yeah. last year. Al Robinson was in Chicago with a rotating cast and crew at his quarterback position. He went under his number of 65 and a half in 10 of the 12 games he played a season ago. So all of that will be on full display tonight to start off the 2022 NFL regular season. So Dan, it is time. We have mentioned it so many times throughout this offseason, throughout training camp, throughout this summer. The Buffalo Bills are the favorites tonight, laying two and a half points on the road. The Buffalo Bills are a minus 230 favorite to win the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are the favorites to win the AFC Championship. And the Buffalo Bills are a plus 600 favorite to win Super Bowl 57. Oh yeah, Josh Allen's also the favorite to win NFL MVP at plus 700. Tonight, it all begins. As Buffalo starts the 2022 campaign, will the off-season expectation live up to the hype? If you would have told me maybe a month ago and what the line was, I think it opened as the Rams were a one-point favorite or a lot of places had it as a pick -em. I don't love Buffalo being a favorite in this game. I just don't. That being said, I think I'm going to stay away from the total if we're looking at, you know, lines here or, or, or starting away, sticking away from the game. But I like the under 52 is what I've seen this morning. I can just see this game, all of the emotion, all of the excitement, the banner being unfurled, all of those things kind of taking a second to get into the game. And while I do understand that Sean McDermott or Sean McVay wants to air it out. I think he's also going to be kind of some touch and feel to, to start off this season with some new pieces, no OBJ, new left tackles, new, all of those things. Stafford didn't play at all in the preseason. Like this is still week one and it has been a long stretch. So I like the under. And if you had to put a gun to my head, I think I'm looking at 27, 20 bills winning, but I don't love it. I'm going to say that I love the under. I don't necessarily like picking a side here. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure, but I think whereas the, the champs will be anointed and, and things like that, I do think the bills will be fired up seeing a Super Bowl banner be unfurled in front of their eyes as making them hungry tonight. As the Super Bowl favorites entering this year as well. Dan Fates, thank you as always for your time. We round out the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out today's edition of The Morning After, live right here on a Thursday on SportsGrid, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Football is back tonight. Football has been back, but football is here. The start of the 2022 NFL season in Los Angeles tonight, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Rams, a two-and-a-half-point home underdog against the preseason Super Bowl favorites 
in the Buffalo Bills. Their quarterback, Josh Allen, is the NFL MVP favorite as we get ready to go in 2022 as well. It brings me great delight to focus on football for a best bet for the first time this year in the National Football League. Before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it is time for an NFL best bet. Look at this smile. It is time for bye-bye-bye. We discussed it with Dan Fates. Josh Allen has a rocket arm, and we know that. 274 and a hook is his passing yards prop tonight in Buffalo's opener in Los Angeles. But Josh Allen can utilize his legs as well. 37 and a hook is Josh Allen's rushing yards prop. It's a number that he went over in the final five games for Buffalo last year, including both of their postseason games because late in the season it's do or die Josh Allen takes off get that extra yardage but it's also a number that Josh Allen went over in 11 of 17 regular season games it's a number that Josh Allen went over early and often in first in three of the first five games for Buffalo last season Josh Allen all year last year averaged nearly 45 yards per game on the ground the best bet for game number one of the National Football League regular season, Josh Allen over 37 and a half rushing yards. We'll break it all down tomorrow. Recap what happened tonight in LA and set the stage for week number one of the full NFL slate with some CFB sprinkled in. It's a football Friday tomorrow on the morning app at 9 a.m. Eastern.